so it was uh it's just been published the musical affair yes just came out okay. yes awesome i am so looking forward to reading this book okay so i was looking at you know just checking your bio and you are a visual artist and an author right and a playwright also that's correct yes excellent so what, what made you do writing what got you into writing uh that's a very long story um my parents have uh the money to send me to college and um i wound up actually in my few years uh there was a job at wxyzo i think i'd always wanted it to be a but you know that's the kind of thing where oh come on you know grow up get over it um and i job at wxyz radio in detroit uh in the communications department in the public relations department and i wrote um public relations pieces for wx radio and then i went on from there to do some writing and i wound up writing for a sports magazine called competitive breed i, I went to school in wayne, at wayne state in michigan wayne state university and uh, there was this magazine called competitive breed and they did motorcycles, drag cars, speedboat races, things like that. And I wound up getting a job covering races. And I would um, uh, leave school on Friday evenings and I would go to all these races and I would write all these articles about who won this and who won that and do all these profile pieces. I'd come home Sunday night and I would stay up all night long and write all the the pieces for the magazine, turn them into the magazine Monday morning and go to school. And that's how I paid for school. And so when I finished college, I thought, okay, so what are you going to do? And I thought, you know how to do this. And I went on from there to be a freelancer. And I wrote some poetry, which made me a very, very good uh, copywriter because I could write great headlines. And I worked for WX, I worked for um, the Detroit News briefly, and then I went to Chicago and was a freelancer. And I just always—that's what I do. That's pretty cool. It's like it just morphed into your life. Morphed into my life. That's right. That cool. Yeah. It's kind of how I became a musician. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the book, a musical affair. The story is about a woman who runs a music festival, right? And it is based yes. on your time running a music festival or just yes. your knowledge that you had running the music festival? Um, it's, it's fiction um, and it's based on what I learned for running a music festival for five years. I did that because our oldest son is a classically trained musician. At that time he was playing with the Brussels Chamber Orchestra and he called me up one day and um, uh, our children are really very, they're wonderful people um, and they kind of falsely believe that I can do anything and which is really a false belief. Um, and he called me up and he said, mom, he said, I think it would be really cool. He said, I have this idea um, about doing this music festival in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I said, uh, well, that sounds like fun. And he said, would you do this with me? And I went, well, okay, let's do it. So. Um, the first year they came for, and they did, I think, two or three concerts. Um, and so I brought, a, I brought a chamber orchestra to the United States. I paid for it. I got them over here. 
And then it just developed from there. And our son had this idea about um, a side-by-side educational system. So by the time the third year rolled around, it was a full week festival. It, well, by the second year, it was a full week. By the third year, we started a side-by-side program where we, you know, um, high school rising seniors, rising college freshmen could apply, you know, audition, sent in audition tapes. And then they would spend one week with us and uh, they would, they were paired with one, you know. Welcome to Learning Music with the Authors, where every piece of music is a story and every piece of music has a story. Today, I'm speaking with the writer and artist, Carrie J. Knowles, and welcome to you. And I'm so happy you could join us today. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. I'm really looking forward to reading this book, A Musical Affair, and it's brand new, right? You just, it just was published. And say, so tell me about your various giving service. And I'm like, I, you know, I was just saying, these people donated money, you know, period, number, you know, that's it. And she said, no, 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 I, I need to know what, what the various levels are. And I really didn't know what she was talking about. And she kept saying, I, you know, do you have like a conductor's circle or what's the highest level, you know, uh, that you know? And so I just made it up. And I think I said, you know, so much, you know, 25 to this, Blah, 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 blah. And then the highest level I said was $1,000 to $5,000. That's That was the highest level. And she said, okay. And she sent me a check for $1,001 to get herself into that circle. And when I got that check, it was like a bolt of lightning went through me. I thought, oh my God, I understand what those circles are about now, you know? And huh. that was it. It was it was a moment where I, that was the first real moment that I understood fundraising. You know, I bet the circle thing was invented when someone like was talking to someone who was raising money and they had no idea. So they're like, oh yeah, we have a circle, uh, the top circle, you know, and then just like, that's, right. that's how they yeah. were invented, you know? So that's how funny. it was invented for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and I think the, the book is fiction. The people in the book are fiction. Uh, a lot of the, but there's a lot of truth in the book about just, you know, how much time it takes for Celeste, who's the main character, to do all this. I mean, so many people have this idea. It's like, oh, okay, let's do a festival. Um, we, we should, we ought to be able to knock this out in a couple of weeks, you know? No, 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 that's not how it works. What's interesting is my publisher who I just adore. I, I've been very, very lucky with Al Canyon Press and Gene Fisher and his um, partner, Keith, is a jazz musician. And um, he wants to run, he wants to run a jazz festival out in Colorado. And so, they have been calling me up and saying, okay, give us some more, you know, okay, what do we do next? Okay, what do we do next? You know, Ooh. and yeah, Keith said, you know, they have been reading my book over and over again. They published my book, you know, but they keep reading it over and over again to try to figure out how to do this, which I think is 
really funny, you know, and uh, it's educational. Yeah. I, so, I can't wait to look at this because I myself am doing a project right now. So I will learn something. I think anyone wants to do a project, they need to know this because as a musician, when I was performing at things, because I've done little festivals here and there, and I never, ever thought, I didn't even look at the program. You know, yeah. I never thought that that's what was going on behind the scene and the right. psychology of it. And, and also, most people think, oh, well, the ticket price covers it. No, no, no. The ticket price is about 25% of your running budget. That's if you sell out. The ticket price is a very, very small portion of your whole budget. So you're not even going to break even if you sell, if you have a, a full house. Wow. No. Okay, so I don't know that either. Wow. That's a lot to learn. This is... This is really cool. Okay, so um, I was going to ask you what the research was, but your research was just your experience. I mean, right? Yeah. You know, it's true because I well, I was telling you earlier too because when I was trying to find a venue to do what I'm doing, but I walked in and I said, you know, how much does it cost to rent a room here? And then she she looked me right in the eyes. Did you have any rich friends? I'm like, does it look like I have rich friends? You know, drive a 2008 Prius. What do you think? You know, and uh, well, she's like, then you no, don't even bother. And I just left and I thought, I guess that was my eye opener, you know, but now I'm doing it online. So it's on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very hard. I mean, it really is. Let me just. Uh, um, yeah, I, you know, and the other thing is finding you, uh, which is that's not so easy. I that's kind of. Um, that's a whole nother story, you know? Cool. I mean, I have yeah. many stories that aren't in the book, but I, I think the point of the book for me was to make it so much fun that um, people would laugh about it and they would think about it and they would also learn, you know, this character Celeste is, you know, she's down to the wire trying to raise this money and has no idea somebody is kind of working behind the scenes to get money for her. It's just money starts coming in. She doesn't really quite understand. Uh, she doesn't even question because she's just running by the seat of her pants. I mean, she doesn't even question where did this money come from, you know? So you'll find that very interesting in the book, but Binky, Binky Covington gets the money for her, you know? <laughs> Cool. Now, okay, so okay, so here's the, the situation would be: you created a music festival and you come up with the dates and everything, right? Do you have to get the money after you come up with the? This is when we're doing it, like August 25th through the 30th, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that, that may be the backwards way to do it, but that's kind of what happened the first year that we did it. It was like, you know, we can come this time. Can you book us and you know do this? And you have to understand. I mean, we brought in some of the really top talent of Europe, um, which was not inexpensive, by the way. And the other thing is, which at one point in the book, so, you know, you approach things very naively, like I did initially. And I remember the first time there is one thing, there are many things in the book that are true. And one of them was I go to, you know, I've agreed to pay the musicians a certain amount of money, you got to do that. I've got a contract with them. We got that. I got a, a venue. Everything's moving along fine. 
And then I go by the airline tickets and festivals in the summer. That's when the orchestra could come. That is high season. So all of a sudden, there's no bargaining and it's a small orchestra. It's, you know, it's like 12 musicians. And so that doesn't make a group. So there's no group discount. And all of a sudden the tickets are gonna cost me $1,100 a piece. So oh. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, so bringing them from Brussels. I'm bringing them from Europe to Raleigh, North Carolina. So I'm like, okay, fine, okay, fine. So I go to book the tickets. And I'm so naive. And then the woman, you know, cause I'm selling this as a group and she goes, no, as a group, you don't have 20. I said, okay, fine. And so um, in my head and I say out loud, you know, I've got, uh, you know, six violins, two cellists, a bass player, two violas, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm ordering my 12 tickets. And she says, uh, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. You need 15 tickets. I said, no, 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 I own 12 musicians. And she said, oh no, you've got two cellos and a bass. You have to buy tickets for the cellos and the bass. So all of a sudden I am in over my head. I have 15 tickets that cost $1,100 a piece. Right. You do have to buy the instruments tickets. You know, Lynn Harrell, right. the cellist, was trying to get yeah. frequent flyer miles for his cello and they wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> but yeah, I, but I mean, I just, yeah, that, that moment for Celeste was the same moment that I had, which was, oh my God. I mean, I had no idea. I had no idea. And of course I did for that. And then the other thing is visas. You know, I had to get visas for all of them. So, you know, and you have to go to the, um, you know, musicians union and you have to prove to them that you are bringing in musicians from Europe that are different, that you couldn't get these same people in the United States. So I have to get approval from them to even get the visas. And it was like, Everything costs money. It's all ka-ching, ka-ching. I mean, it's just amazing. These are things I never would have thought of. I, I would never have right. thought about the Musicians Union, but you're right. They would be upset if that, that is. They would be very upset. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, this is going to be an eye-opener. I can't wait to read this book. I, I'm going to start it today. Um, that was actually... Those were all the questions I had for you. Other than, are you working? Oh, you're working on a play right now. So I wanna, are you doing that? Or are you, you're on the fence about working on a play? I, I'm starting to work on a play. Um, I also write a column for Psychology Today called, uh, it's personal perspectives column uh, called Shifting Forward. And I've been writing it for, for you know, four or five years now. And um, Psychology Today came to me and said, you know, uh, we just really like the way you write and we just kind of want to turn you loose and you could write about anything you want to write about, which was this sort of amazing gift. I mean, whoever gets a chance to write anything you want to write about. 
Um, so I said, sure, that sounds great. Well, my publisher has decided that they, he wants to publish a collection of my Psych Today columns. So, you know, there you go. So I'm working on that book right now and that's due September 1st. And of course that all sounds easy, but nothing, nothing is easy, <laughs> you know, that's okay. All right. It always looks easy when you start it and then all the details start to pile up. <laughs> You know? Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, very different than what um, actually happened during the festival, but many things happened during the festival. You know, you're working with um, talented musicians and who are used to being taken good care of and you have to feed them, by the way, and you have to let find a place for them and you have to transport them from and you have to have a separate rehearsal than you have a concert hall because you don't want to pay the concert hall rates for them to rehearse. So you have to have a rehearsal hall that costs you less and uh, available. So it is very complicated. Wow. That is, I remember doing music festivals or I would, you know, I would sub in some orchestras because I was a freelancer and I remember staying at people's houses. I remember them, they had an extra room right. and we would just stay there, you know just cutting the cost that is okay that's gonna be really fun to talk about when we get together um and then oh wait you do workshops for writers as well right do you still do, do those do some, I, I still do some i have actually i wrote a um a writing work um it's you know if you go to my website you'll find it um because i was the piedmont laureate for uh, in 2014 for short fiction and I had been teaching before that, so basically, and I, a lot of my students said, gee, I wish you would write a writing workbook. And so uh, I wound up doing that from the work I did as the Piedmont Laureate. I did 42 writing workshops in 12 months. And that um, was with, this workbook is focused on people who may not have gone to college, or if they had gone to college, they did English writing classes. So it's really for a different kind of audience who just wakes up and says, I really want to write. I want to write better. I want to do something. And I don't have the background skills to do it. So this book sort of walks you through it and gets you, gives you those skills that you need to write dialogue, develop a character, know how, uh, you know, uh, you know, a line works and, and, um, and a story arc develops. So I have that as well. I've been very busy. And no more festivals to. for the moment. Yeah. All right. You're, fest <laughs> you're not doing the festivals anymore, huh? Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. That would take a lot of time now that I'm talking to you. You couldn't do it if you were a musician because you have no time to practice anything. No, no. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other night. We were at uh, we were at a party the other night, um, and somebody said they, the person was who had helped me, uh, who had cooked some meals for the musicians, um, had said, you know, he's moving away, and he said, "I will come back at the drop of a hat if you will run another festival." And I thought over my dead body. <laughs> Been and there, no, no, done no. that. He said, right, yeah. And he said, no, I would. I would come back just for that. He said, it was just the thrill of my life. And I said, I'm so glad. 
I'm really glad, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you got a book out of it, right? I did. I did. I did. It's, a, it's a fun one. It's definitely a fun one, you know. Okay, great. Some yeah, of my I want a fun read. Yeah. Okay. That was, that's, that's everything. I am so excited to start this book. I'm going to send the links to, what, what was the uh, publisher? Owl Canyon Press. Because I want them to order Owl from, Canyon from Press. Owl Canyon Press. And um, yeah, and then uh, next week, I'm going to talk to my friend Jamie, and we're going to talk about the orchestra side of stuff inside the orchestra. How great, you know, what happened to us in there? Because it gets crazy for musicians too when we go to festivals. It does. It's very stressful, your... you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that that comes out in the book well. I mean, it is stressful. I mean, I'm very well aware of that because of our son and having, you know, seen him develop a career. Um, and he now has uh, developed a wonderful career with uh, his own group called Echo Collective. And they do neoclassical work. They do a lot of film work and all kinds of different things. And, and I know what it is for him to, you know, be on stage and to juggle his two boys and his wife and his life and, uh, and you know, run his own program. And, uh, you know, he has a whole group of classically trained musicians that he calls upon. There's a core group of four people, uh, a quartet. And, you know, it's, it, it, I see it's hard, it's stressful, you know, you, and I do understand it kind of on both sides of the fence. And um, that comes out as well. The stress for the musicians plays out in a different way. Um, and, but it's there, you know, and there's, there's interpersonal things, you know, you travel with a group of musicians. Um, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, uh, you know. Yeah, I remember too. And I remember a conductor that he had to, it was so, we were at a rehearsal and he stopped and he said, one of the donors complained because she didn't like so-and-so's nylons on their, their black nylons. She didn't like that. So you need to, or you're not smiling enough when, when the audience is clapping, I want everyone to turn and use, I mean, they had like little things we had to do, you know, and, and that was one of the things if you listen to if you get a chance to listen to my next podcast with Jamie, some of the things are so off the wall and you think that could not have happened. Like, I'll, I'll let you listen. Yes, to it can. <laughs> yes, it yeah. can. Pretty that crazy. Can. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a great discussion about the behind the scenes that people don't see. Or even when I did musicals, people was like, how do you guys stay so organized on stage? I'm like, you haven't seen it backstage. It's a mess back there. Everybody's running around. So this gets to talk about behind the scenes. And I, it does. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for talking with me today. You're welcome. And I look forward to coming to the book club. That'll be wonderful. Yeah, everyone's going to look forward to meeting you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We then uh, the Pierre Ankert uh, a jazz ensemble from Europe. We brought in another jazz ensemble from Atlanta. We brought in the Brussels Chamber Orchestra. We brought in some of the leading young soloists. From, um, I mean, it just kind of escalated and uh, we did it for five years at which, and the other thing is it's a year round job. I didn't write during that time. I just 
tried to stay alive, you know? Um, so the book is based on just what it is to run a festival and that the bottom line is it's the money. It's the money. And you, you learned a lot when you were getting the funding for this, right? I think, mean, cause we were just yes. talking about the psychology of this. Could you relate that story? Cause to me, that's fascinating. Well, um, you know how, if you go to, uh, any sort of arts thing in the back of the book, it says who are the donors. And, you know, there's the donor circle, there's the first circle and the second 